Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 341, recorded live on Saturday, January 4th, 2014. And here are your hosts, the man who's probably going to be playing Skyrim after this podcast recording, Dave Pillay. Hey! And the man who's got some red beans and rice to start cooking, Andy Lowe. Hi. Ooh. Side note. I didn't realize this at the time, but if you run them through a slow cooker, you're not supposed to cook the rice at the same time. Well, you'd way overcook the rice, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, you would. Like, significantly overcook the rice. Yes, yes, you would. So I, I should probably change that, too. I have some red beans to, to start make, cooking. And then rice later tonight. Well, I'm going to put them in the slow cooker overnight, so okay. rice tomorrow. Red beans and rice tomorrow. Any any particular reason? Well, I am doing them for lunches. Oh, so I, okay. I make I make a big batch. We're talking like pound of sausage and like a pound of beans and Sounds large, delicious. A, a large quantity of things. And then I throw in some hot peppers, some green peppers, a couple of spices, shot it with a couple of shots of Tabasco. And so I just get that and then I just portion it out there. And then I get um, those little microwavable cups of instant rice. So when it's time for lunch, I'll just nuke both of those, mix them together and boom, I've got red beans and rice. At least that's my plan. Sounds delicious. Hence why I'm going to do it for lunch. Okay. Yeah, because the new job um, is right next to, you know, uh, a Qdoba's, a Chipotle, a Taco Bell, a McDonald's, a Subway. If you you don't have food, you are going to eat terribly. Yes. Like, the convenience is there, but that, that is not a good health plan. No, no, it's not. And for your information, by the way, I'm not going to be playing Skyrim right after this. Going to be shoveling snow? Uh, no, no. I'm going to be trying to pick up around the house. Ooh. My desk is getting to be a mess, and I hate it. So (laughs) I'm going to try and clean up. That's the goal. That's the plan. We'll see what actually happens. I should send you a picture of what's next to my desk right now. What's next to your desk right now, Andy? A mess. Well, I... Okay. We'll say almost a cubic yard of mess. We'll say a half cubic yard. Andy! Okay, ready? I'm going to make you want to clean that up in, like, two sentences. One sentence. Don't let your apartment become your parents' basement. You know that thought process goes through my head every day. Okay. I have signed up for a couple of decluttering emails where they like give you like the week is like, hey, we're going to declutter this this week. Okay. And they'll send you a little thing and you're supposed to do like a little thing each day during the week. Yeah. How's that working out? Um, well, it's going to start on Monday. So okay. I'll let you know. Okay. Attack the pile. No, no. Yeah. Take, take care of your red beans and then attack that pile. Oh, no. That's the plan. Good. I do not have a cubic yard of mess. But I didn't say it was a cubic yard. I said it was a half cubic yard. Okay, I don't have a half cubic yard of mess. I have like a salsa container and a plate and some bills. Oh no, dishes. Dishes I handle. I try to handle right away now. That's good. It's very good. So how was your New Year's? Uh, I played Pathfinder. That was my New Year's. I see. We, we celebrated by playing Pathfinder and uh, going into this underground hive of things that we actually couldn't damage they were swarms and swarms of demon bugs so was it a stealth based pathfinder then well it's an ongoing campaign and so we're marching an army to this one citadel and on the way we came across this chasm that was filled with these swarming bugs demon bugs and so we had to go in and kill the queen 
but they are demon bugs, so they're immune to things like lightning and fire. And these ones were also immune to weapon damage. We like we we really had no way to harm them. It seems like it's bad planning, unless this was actually planned for you it's not from, to harm them. Well, it's from the campaign path, the adventure path. It's from the campaign. We we it, I don't know whether or not you're ever supposed to be able to harm them. Our party was not able to harm them. We could harm the queen, though. So it was a question of sneaking through and getting to the queen. Um, but as you get close to these things, the sound they make, because they are demon bugs, drives you slowly insane. I see. So it was interesting, to say the least. The party got split up inadvertently. Oops. Yeah. Well, when we're all invisible and holding onto a rope to walk together, and then the the buzzing drives you insane, and so you drop the rope and stab yourself in the foot. Oops. And then you look around, and everything's invisible. Oops. Yeah, that was fun. I almost went permanently insane. But that was my New Year's. How about yours? Good. We did a robo-rally. Ooh, I like that game. Not only that, uh, I won, because you know how there's like the five moves for each yeah. round? Yep. I run. I won on like move two of the round. And Kate, Kate would have won on move three? On move three, yeah. You beat her by one card. I beat her by one card, yes. You know what would have been even funnier? What? If it had been the same round and it came down to who had the higher number and went later. Oh, that would have been crazy. What was really funny is I didn't die for about half the game. Mm -hmm. And I got a uh, a bonus where if I shot somebody with my laser, instead of giving them damage, I could automatically lock one of their cards. Oh, I love that one. So people are like, I, I just gave everybody damage that first time, and I'm like, it's your first warning. <laughs> Oops. Now, next time I shoot you, I'm locking you down. I'm going to lock your registers. Your memory is stuck. Oh, that sucks. What really sucks is one time I locked somebody, like, in the middle of the round, so I didn't know what I was locking. I could have locked him with, like, a move three. <laughs> but I didn't know it at the time because their cards were flipped over. Mm -hmm. You're like, I'm just going to lock that one. I don't care what it is. It's locked. Yep. It's such a fun game, and it's a great way to spend, uh, like, a half an hour with five or six other people. Oh, that took longer than a half an hour. Oh, well, play faster. Well, it's also it also depends on the map, too. Some of the maps are easier than the others. Yes. Uh, one thing I, I recommend not doing is playing a small map with a lot of people. God, that would turn into chaos. Yeah, it was kind of a clusterfuck. Yeah. That was my fault. We had, eight, we had a full game, and we played a map that was designed for two to four people. No. Because I wasn't looking at the uh, size. Like, oh, this will work. No. no. No, it doesn't. Does not. Yeah, that was our New Year's, and then on our way home, we got stuck in some of the uh, Winter Classic traffic. Oh, right, because they played the Winter Classic at the big house. Yes. 100,000 people going to a hockey game. Because it's like the only place that they can do that. Yes. And it was had snowed pretty decently the night before. So not only did you have to worry about winter traffic, you had to worry about winter, basically winter football traffic. It was bad. Yep, the equivalent of a football game. Not good. Nope. We stopped by the mall. Oh, God, there was a shuttle service for there. People were just parking willy-nilly all over the place because they hadn't plowed the uh, parking well, the, lot. And, and the mall was full. I remember hearing about the advisories saying, like, if you are trying to get to this, you cannot park at Briarwood anymore. It's full. Yeah. It was it was just bad. But all it's all good now. All good now? All good now. So, should we actually talk about topics? Yeah. I, I think topics would be appropriate at this point. 
Yes. What would you like to talk about, Dave? Uh, well, how about we start with this series of games getting removed? It's a new year. It's a new year, which means that a bunch of contracts that were set to expire at the end of 2013 expired. Yep. Um, which means things have happened that people might not be terribly pleased about. Uh, oh, in fact, there's one even along that topic that, that isn't up here, which is Dark Horse Comics. Are you familiar with Dark Horse Comics, Andy? Uh, yeah, I think that, yeah, I remember hearing about them. Dark Horse is the kind of smaller, quote-unquote, publisher. It's not Marvel, it's not DC, uh, but they had the Star Wars rights okay. for comics. And they've published them. Like they, there are a number of Star Wars comics published by Dark Horse, and their contract is coming up. Well, who owns Star Wars now? Disney. Which owns Marvel. So, what do you think, Andy? You own a large, basically, uh, multimedia empire. You own a comic book company. Are you going to let a different comic book company use your property? My guess is no. Yeah, that that would be a good guess. Uh, Marvel, rather Disney, has said that they are not going to renew Dark Horse's contract, that they are going to give Star Wars to Marvel. So now you can look forward to Luke Skywalker meeting Iron Man. I think it would be more appropriate if the, he met Gardens, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy rather than Iron Man. Could meet Iron Man later. That would work. Darth Vader versus Iron Man. Darth Vader versus Iron Man. <laughs> oh, God. Loki meets the Emperor. Oh. What other bizarre crossovers could you do between Star Wars? Uh, Boba Fett meets the Punisher. Oh, oh, oh. No, no, no. Boba Fett meets Deadpool. Oh, that would actually be pretty cool. Oh, God. Thinking about Deadpool breaking the fourth wall in the Star Wars universe. You guys know you're really not like in the past, right? This would be terrible. <laughs> um, oh, the possibilities. Um, right, so speaking of Marvel. Speaking of Marvel and, and Deadpool specifically, uh, there are a number of Marvel video games mm -hmm. published by Activision that have been pulled, removed from online. My guess is because the contract have uh, gone up, and so they got pulled from Steam, Xbox Live, anywhere you can buy a digital copy of these games. Yep. So they Deadpool, a bunch of Spider-Man games, a bunch of X-Men games. Um, I saw this and kind of freaked out, and I went and looked. I still have it. So if you bought it already, they actually aren't removing it from, from your library, and you can even delete it and re-download it. So it, it's not that they've, they've said, like, hey, you can't play this anymore. It's you can't purchase this anymore. True. Which still is kind of, but, I mean, that would happen in a big box store too, right? If if Activision went to GameStop and said, we aren't going to let you sell this anymore, if you bought it, doesn't remove it, yeah. but you can't buy it anymore. And the same thing happened with the uh, Fallout 1, Fallout 2, and Fallout Tactics. Which now explains why good old games had that sale. Where they of, were giving out... We're giving this game away for free. Because Interplay was like, well, we're getting the contracts up, we're not getting it renewed. 
F it. We'll just flood the market with the games. Right. So nobody's <laughs> going to want to buy these with we're, the new guys. It's kind of like a, a final fuck you. It's just like, you know what? We're just going to give this away. We still have the rights to give it away, so we're giving it we, away. Here. We can do that. We're just you going guys, to give it away. Yeah, you guys get... Bethesda gets the rights to a game that now everybody owns, basically. Because good old games gave it away for free. Yep. And slaughtered their servers because of it. Yep. <laughs> now but uh, Bethesda now... So, so do you remember that there was this competition for a little while? Between Bethesda and Interplay over the Fallout games? Yeah. Yes. I think and we talked about it many, many we, moons ago. We did. And it's kind of where the difference between Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas came. Yeah. Because Bethesda owned the rights and they made Fallout 3 in their kind of first player RPG style as opposed to the classic Fallout style. And then Interplay came and said, well, we, we want to, like, that's cool, but let us, the ones who actually made the first games, make that. And they did New Vegas, and it was fantastic. But Bethesda owns the rights and, and kind of just let Interplay do it. And so now that contract has expired. All of the rights of Fallout are reverting to Bethesda, which means Interplay loses the ability to sell them. <laughs> Which yep. means Steam, good old games, and any other source where you could buy the original three Fallouts, Fallout, Fallout 2, and Fallout Tactics, they are gone for now. But Bethesda says they're going to try and bring them back. Now, yeah. remember how we said when Dave first heard the news about Marvel, he freaked out because he thought his game got pulled from Steam, right? Well, I was worried that it was going to be. Well, you might actually have to worry because Steam actually pulled the game. Well, uh, okay, so that's not the big news. They pull games from Steam all the time. This one, they pulled from the user libraries. Ooh. So even if you bought this game, had it on your system, like if you had those Marvel games, you could still play those Marvel games. This one, they were, they pulled it from your library. That's not cool. Well. That's, that's not, why did they do that? Well, okay, so the game is called Order of War Challenge, and it was put out by Square Enix. Okay. Um, and Square Enix decided to shut down the game. It was basically a multiplayer game, so you would have to connect to the Square Enix servers to play Order of War Challenge. And they decided, that enough of this, we're shutting it down. So the game would have been impossible to play without the servers. So Steam just outright removed it? Yep. Huh. You know, I, I think... We've been talking about this kind of on and off about companies that host games on their servers and what happens when they take down those servers. Uh, in particular, we looked at the NCAA games. Yes. And that EA kills the multiplayer servers after a little while. Yes. Especially for computers, though. I mean, like on the consoles, it's a little harder to mess with because you can't change the game. You can't change the code. But... I mean, it, it feels like it would be a it would not be advantageous to the company in terms of profits. But at that point, open source the damn server. Well, the, the official reason why they had to pull it yeah. wasn't because of the multiplayer servers, because the, the Order of War has 18 single player missions as well. But there's an always on DRM that oh, yeah, has to connect there's authentication, to a server. And that's what I'm saying, like open source that. If open you're not source if you're DRM. not going to support the game, if you're not going to not open source the DRM, but give people deactivate the DRM, basically. Yes. Give people the game that they paid for. If you're going to shut down your DRM servers, no one's going to buy the game. So you really shouldn't be worried about piracy at that point. No. 
So just deactivate the DRM and let people play. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be too hard. Well, granted, then you would have to actually pay for an update through Steam in order to... I I have a feeling if you came to Valve and said... <laughs> We're going to shut this down. Here's one last patch that deactivates the DRM. You think Valve would actually charge for that? I I don't know. I don't I it would seem a little weird for them to not charge. Is this the last rights sort of free right. patch? I I think I don't know. I mean Valve is a company and they're out to make money and that's one way they make a lot of money. But at the same time, coming to them in kind of almost a humanitarian way and saying like we we just want to let people play the game. We're turning off our servers. We're not going to maintain it. I yeah. It's a little scary and i also loved in the middle of the article they have the two questions that i've always asked over and over again if valve went out of business tomorrow what would happen to all of our games we'd lose them all yeah we'd lose them all you know what's really really kind of sad about that too i found out how much money i've spent on steam it's probably a lot isn't it yes yes it is how long have i been on steam let's see badges because there's the, the badge for how many years you've been on, right? Yes. Years of service. Nine. I've been on Steam for nine years. Do you want to guess? Uh, I don't know. I don't even know how to find this in that little thing you clicked me. Uh, it doesn't do it from the one in Steam. You have to do it from the website. Oh. Which I is see. currently... Oh, website's up. Well, we'll talk about that later. Yep. Probably 200 $200? Yes. In nine years? Sure. Andy? <laughs> okay, no, 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 all right, let me back this up again. So let's you, say you get you might two, games, that. Two, two brand new games a year, so that's about 100 bucks a year, so nine years, $900. Okay, except this is also including Steam sales and gifts. I already told you how many games I have, Andy. Well, if my total is $426.80, I'm guessing 1200 for you. 1476 $1,476? Yep. Total spent, because that's not including market transactions, total spent is $1,500. Huh. Now, what I would like is the equivalent of Slash Played. Well, you can sort of get that, you know, unless you accidentally leave things open for two days. Which I've done before. But I'd have to go through each of the games and write down or copy down how long I've played it. There's no easy way to get the played. Hold on, let me check the Steam database website. See if they can... Steam calculator, Steam ID, QS23. Because I know the Steam database could do something like that already. Yes, I would like to find that information out. Hours spent playing, 822 hours for me. Okay, where where are you calculating? Uh, the website is steamdb.info. Yep. And if you go to the calculator, yep. you would put in your Steam ID, which would be whatever yours is. Yep. And then you hit enter, and it should give you your community ID, your Steam ID, account ID, name, hours status. Hours spent. Oh, oh, hours spent, 1,500 hours. Well, there you go. I've spent a dollar per hour. Also, what's your account worth? $2,800. That number is if you had bought everything in your Steam library? At full price. At full price. Yep. Feeling pretty good about that, actually. 822 hours for me. So, yeah, that's dollars per hour is not bad. I I have a dollar per hour over nine years. What is that one point? whatever btc in the upper right I'm trying bitcoin. to hover over it and it's not working bitcoins oh well f bitcoins i've spent 3.5 bitcoins on steam how many games have you not played by the way a lot <laughs> we're not gonna go there 
So yeah, would you really want $2,000 uh, to just disappear? Because I know I wouldn't. No, no, I'd be rather upset if Steam just decided to close. That said, uh, a number of games that I have in here... I got from things like Humble Bundles. Yeah, same with mine. Which you still have access to. True. So but a lot of, of, digital a lot of the gaming. biggest purchases I have would disappear. What have I played the most? Probably Civ 5. Yep, Civ 5. Yep. 352 hours. Followed by Terraria. So as I was trying to segue out of this yeah, rabbit okay, hole okay, okay, that fine. we're going. Yep, we're out of the rabbit hole. All right, but still in the realm of digital gaming, um, the... Uh, E3 happens, what, around June, July, May? June. May, June-ish, yeah. right? So E3, they announced the uh, Xbox One, right? Mm-hmm. At that point, they were still debating on whether or not to have a pure disk console. So having an Xbox One with no optical drive. Mm. I find that kind of surprising and kind of not surprising. Because we know that that, that first right. E3 and announcement they, of they the Xbox One. They were looking at always on. Yeah. But that's... I mean, that was only four months before, about five months before release. Yeah. And they were still debating whether or not to have an optical drive in it. Now, when I hear that in my head, I think that they have a disconnect from what they assume the average consumer is. Well, yes and no. They are not idiots, although sometimes they seem like it. <laughs> I don't know. That Xbox One launch, Andy? that was... <laughs> I know it seems like it sometimes, but they do have intelligent people working there. And I, I think the difference is between what the average consumer is and what their target consumer was. True. But yeah, that's no optical drive, huh? That's what they were thinking about. Oh, that would have Which, lost me a dinner. I know. Oh, yeah, you still owe me for that, don't you? <laughs> oh, so close. Blu-ray drive. <laughs> and you were Missed so close. It. Now we learn how close you were. <laughs> Missed it by that much. Oh, poor Andy. So they want. I do have to they, say though, in, about. in other countries, yeah, a discless Xbox One would make more sense than in the U.S. But because well, the U.S. is so far behind, Japan, South Korea. I think we're what thirty eighth now in the world in internet, average internet speed, and one of the top for cost. Yep. God damn cable companies stupid telcos you know i'm i'm usually for smaller government like honestly i am but and and in the the actual small government not like oh cities should be the ones responsible for everything no not not quite like that just limited scope uh but nationalize the goddamn cable lines oh comcast would put up such a hissy fit heck level three would put you're talking about companies that the average person doesn't even know about yep who are controlling the backbone of the internet in the United States. Right. They have some serious money to throw around. They would... It's it's an interest of national security. (laughs) Because... The infrastructure is so heavily dependent. I mean, it's like when when they threaten to nationalize the the Teamsters. Like you can't, they can't go on strike because that would cripple the country. Yeah. Well, if the the lines aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, if they aren't providing the service they need to provide, that can cripple the economy. Which nationalize the cable lines. Which is kind of what the the phone lines are. Like landlines, you're required to have service at a set level. Like, that is the laws. AT&T must provide you, if you have a a landline, must provide you with service at a specific level of service, which isn't in place for cable or internet or any type of data network. Which is why I don't actually have... I'm pretty sure if I plug in a phone to the wall, 
I'm not sure I can even dial 911 because I don't know if the the landline that's coming in here is actually a landline. I don't know. Do you have a phone box connected to your house somewhere? I haven't really looked. Mm. I wouldn't know where to look. <laughs> well, you'd probably start somewhere in the basement where your uh, cable comes or, in. All, yeah, the entry point. I know where that is. We'll see if you have a, a four cable twisted pair. Well, two two pair, two twists. Well, aren't they all in cables? Maybe. Okay. True. You wouldn't be able to notice that. Right. Um, yeah, they're, they're not doing that with it. But then as soon as you said that it should be government controlled, the first thing I thought of was the NSA. Yeah, there's there are problems there. As I said, smaller government. Yeah. Um, um, or, or I mean, so put up an independent commission do something like the post office and let the, the cable companies compete. But this is just ridiculous. Now, now I can honestly say that the postal company could compete if they were allowed to compete. Right. So I, I just want the, the audience to realize that the post office actually has rules stating that they cannot undercut prices on materials that they sell compared to the surrounding things. Like if you had a post office and an office depot next door to each other, the post office is required by law to have prices higher than the office depot next door to it. Just putting that out there. So the post office is, quote unquote, competing with other companies. But it's not. If, but it's not. If Office Depot raised their prices, the post office would have to raise theirs. Yes, because you're not allowed to undercut local businesses, which if you think about it, the post office is large enough that they, the economy of scale, they could seriously undercut prices on things. Mm-hmm. They're just not allowed to. So speaking of um, internet things... Yes. Two odd bits of information. First one, Coca-Cola has just been given the assignment of about 16 million MAC addresses. Hmm. What the hell is Coca-Cola doing with 16 million MAC addresses? Because you'd think if Coca-Cola was doing anything on the internet, they would just buy the hardware from, you know, like a a Qualcomm, a a Cisco, that sort of thing. And then Cisco would just use their MAC addresses. Right. But Coca-Cola themselves wanted 16 million MAC addresses. Yes, and has just been given it by the IEEE. I'm thinking smart vending machines. But are they running their own hardware then? Or they're going to just tell Cisco to use these or whoever they go with. Could do I that. mean, they're not chip manufacturers. <laughs> they're not going to design their own hardware. Uh, but they could be producing their own vending machines. I could see that. Or in a partnership with someone who is, and this was part of the deal. Well, I'm just thinking of the uh, the Coca-Cola freestyle machines, you know, like those Coke machines where it has, has the one fountain, but yep. like millions of choices. Quote unquote millions. Well, it's, you, you have you really flavors. Have, yeah. You have combinations. Yeah. Yay, combinations. Mm, factorials. Um, those machines have RFID uh, chips in all the, the different um, syrups and everything. Mm-hmm. So they can... Right, so they so that it knows what's in it. Yeah, and they can also. Although, uh, why you would use RFID and not, I don't know, a barcode? I don't know. The cartridges are. I know. All I know is are RFID enabled, and then the machine also transmit supply and demand data back to Coca Cola and the owner of the said freestyle machine. Right, which as I like, that's what I'm saying. Smart vending yeah. machines. They need it. They need the MAC addresses for that. So are they going to start replacing every single Coca-Cola vending machine in the world? Could be. 16 million is a lot. There's got to be somebody who's put out how many Coke vending machines are in the world. Also, probably a lot. Because it's not just the vending machines. It's the soda fountains, too. True. Right? That's what that machine replaces. That doesn't do vending machines. That's a soda fountain. And if Coke's goal was to replace all of those... 
Yeah, think if they took a, just just your regular vending machine where they're selling 20 ounces. There's there's times where I go to that machine and I'm like, I'd like this, please. Nope, that's sold out. Yeah, it's maybe, sold out. Nope, sold out, sold out, sold out. So maybe that's a requirement for people for, if you want a Coke vending machine, you must. You have, have to buy it. a smart one. It has to be yeah. wireless. Actually, it doesn't even need to be wi- like Wi-Fi because Coke could also afford to put in a, a 3G communicator in there, have the machines be cellular. It's a world of information, Andy. Mm-hmm. I had you. I had you look it up before. Ubiquitous computing. I know, right? Everything is a computer. The vending machine, the bottles, the cups. Oh, okay. Here we go. There are six to seven million vending machines in total in the entire United States for Coca-Cola. Six million Coke vending machines in the U.S. alone. And the guy estimates there's probably twice that number in the entire world. Yeah. So that would be right around, you know, 16 million. Yep. I'm going with vending machines. Vending machines and soda fountains. And another bit of internet news. I guess we'll we'll find out. Yeah. We'll (laughs) We'll have to watch Coke because they're not about to come out and say like, oh, so we bought 16 million so we could do this. No, but they're, if they're doing something special with the vending machines, they're going to hear about they'll it. Announce like, it. In fact, I think, didn't they have something that they were going to show at CES this year? I don't know. I guess I'll find out over next week what's going on at CES. Cool. At CES is next week. Yep. Uh, Samsung touchscreen demo at CES. Ford's going to be announcing a solar-powered car. It's going to be something. Um, I, wait, What? What, the solar-powered I, I, car? No, well, that is that is something, and we'll talk about that in a sec. I, went, I just typed in Coke at CES, and the first link is the CocaColaCompany.com news report on the five tech trends to watch in 2013. Why is this on Coca-Cola? Why does Coca-Cola Company have its own news site? I don't know. What? <laughs> 20 stories you may have missed in 2013. It's... I'm <laughs> Okay. Anyway, um, solar-powered car. Right. Why why does this website exist? Who goes to the Coca-Cola company for their news? Yeah, I'm going to go to Coca-Cola to find out the seven best summer trips in Australia. I don't don't know. Solar-powered car. Yep. Ford is going to be releasing a solar-powered car at CES. Well, not releasing. There's going to be uh, d- displaying. They're, they're showing a solar-powered showing, car. Showing, showing is a good word. Showing there you is go. a good word. They're going to show a solar-powered car at CES. The solar panels on the roof of this car, though, can only, what does it say, 900 watts? 300 watts, something in that range? So it's not enough to actually, you know, charge your battery if you just leave it out. Okay. So will it supplement the... I mean, is, is it entirely a solar car? Well, it's an electric car. Okay. It's just going to have solar panels but, on the roof. But what else will charge the battery if the solar power is not enough to charge the battery? Well, it's still got the electrical plug by the driver's door. Okay, so you will still plug it in. You, yes, you can still plug it in. But the, the idea behind the solar-powered roof is that you literally park it under a carport that has a giant lens as the roof. So the lens would focus all the solar energy from this giant carport thing down to the size of the solar panels. Okay. To try and charge them faster. Okay. That's interesting. Yes. So my thing was also, if your car is not under that carport, what's keeping the sun from, you know, like a magnifying glass burning the, the, your asphalt that you're parked on? Uh, because it's going to be focused for a certain distance. Oh, true. Yeah, because be they'd plan it for the roof of the car, so right. it'd be out of focus. By, by the time, time by the time it gets back to the ground, it would pretty much be spread out. Okay, I am kind of amused that you have to have a special carport for this, though. 
Yes. Um, you want to hear something freaky? Well, hang on. Let, let's let's run with this for a second because we have a solar powered car. Yes. Where in the country would you sell this? Uh, probably California. I suppose because you're certainly not going to sell it in like the Midwest. No, no, you're or not. Or the Northeast, where people park in garages. Yeah, I park my car outside right now, and you know, since it feels like it's eight degrees. That's I don't think I'm pleased about compared that. Compared to what we're we're going to get tomorrow, I know when you when you see the the high is zero. When you see the fact that Madison schools have already canceled on Monday for the entire day, not because of snow, we aren't supposed to get any snow. The wind chill is supposed to get down to negative forty. Yeah, that's that's cold. That's deadly. Stay indoors. So yeah, you would have to park this car outside. Yeah, let it charge, and it would have to be in the sun. Which, yeah. so like Seattle is out. <laughs> I think most of the northern hemisphere, well, definitely above the, the Arctic Pacific. Circle, is out. Yep, because you wouldn't be able to charge it for half the year. Yep. Yeah, this is a very uh, who's, niche audience. Who's I think. going to buy a car that you also have to design a carport for? I don't know, but I was trying to get to the point. Let the alone fact- put a giant Fresnel lens on top of it. This, is, this just does not sound like a viable idea. Well, the the solar panels are yeah. hooked up to the car's computer. Okay. So as you know, the sun travels across the sky, the, the focal position of the sun is going to change. Right. So the car is actually built to move with it. Wouldn't that require the car to move like sideways? Well, my, unless, I guess not only... Unless you are required to build the carport facing east-west. Yes, you are required to build the carport facing a specific direction in order to... Oh, this is... This would be... This is ridiculous. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. If you're building the carport, right? Yes. Wouldn't it be easier just to put servos on the lens? Probably. Why are you making the car move? <laughs> Why not move the damn lens? Not only that, what happens if you forget that the car is going to move and you park another car either in front of it or behind it? (laughs) What the hell is that? (laughs) Oh, God, why? It's like you you park your cars apart. Andy, do we know anyone at Ford? Uh, I don't think so. I, I might need to do some digging. It's it's your car could be parked. You could not be in it. And then your car could still get in an accident. Who's at fault? Well, Ford's at fault. That's yeah. a given. Well, yeah, this is so. This is this is hopefully, possibly one of those examples of hey, we're going to CES to show this off as like a proof of concept. Isn't this interesting? Kind of thing. Not a we are seriously intending to sell this to the consumer market. Kind of thing. I mean, they're doing it at CES. If they were really planning on selling this, wouldn't they do it at the Detroit Auto Show? Well, the Detroit Auto Show, the LA Auto Show, one of the auto shows. Detroit right. would probably think is the next one up, so they probably would talk about it at Detroit. So if they show this at Detroit. Oh, oh, you go to the Detroit Auto Show. Yes, yes, I do. Andy, if they show this there, you have to take a recorder with you. <laughs> uh, let me specifically say that the people who are next to the cars during the public showing of the auto show don't know anything that hasn't they, been written down. They on, aren't uh, actual engineers. No. I would have to go, if, if you go during the press day, then you get the actual engineers. Go during the press day, Andy. Well, I need to get press credentials, and this is not a podcast about cars. But it's a podcast about technology. Uh, let's see, North America International Auto Show. Let's see what the press credentials are. While I'm doing that, um, somebody has found a backdoor 
in uh, Linksys routers. Yep, installed by the NSA. Congratulations if you use a Linksys router, which is to say a Cisco router, which is to say probably a good half of corporate America and maybe a third to a half of uh, private usage, you're using a Cisco router. Yes. Awesome. He found an interface that allowed him to send commands to the router without being authenticated as the administrator. Even better. This is all coming out of the Snowden documents, right? Uh, no, this was actually a uh, hacker who was, uh, I believe he was at home at his parents' house. Yeah, he, uh, over the Christmas holiday, he was trying to get access to the administrative console for his family's Linksys wireless DSL gateway router wireless, wirelessly. Mm-hmm. So he could limit how much bandwidth everybody else in the house was using. <laughs> it's like, God damn it, you all. But he had previously turned off wireless access to the web console since, you know, he's a hacker and was trying to protect his parents. Right. And he had forgotten the administrative password. I mean, there's a really easy way to do that. You, you go and you just do a factory reset on the router. Yeah, you, you do. You physically. If, if you have physical access, there's no reason to be fucking around like what he was doing. But I guess he decided to do it wirelessly and then found this code. And then on his first attempt to brute force the interface... The router flipped its configuration back to factory settings and allowed him, you know, to just access it like factory. It's not good. No, no, this is not good. That's not good at all. Um, It turns out it's any, uh, let's see, wireless or DSL modem that has a CIRCOM uh, chip in it. CIRCOM, not Broadcom? Nope, CIRCOM. Okay. But there's a nice long list of all of the, oh, shit. Is your router on there? No, but there's Belkin routers on here. Yeah. Level 1, Linksys, Netgear... Sircom routers, TrendNet. Nope, ours is not on there. Thank goodness. Is the uh, Netgear N600? Oh, shit, not Netgear. Linksys N600. Fuck, I have a Linksys router. I forgot. Uh, I I don't see it on there. I went with Linksys. Okay. Although that's just the consumer number. Uh, The model number is something else. E2500NP. Waiting, waiting. Sorry, I'm looking at the credential policy for... For the Detroit Auto Show? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Getting back to topics then. Uh, Alan Turing. Ah, yes. You remember Alan Turing? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, there's a movie that they're making about him, right? Oh, well, that's good. Another movie? Uh, I think it's a movie. It might be a a TV series, like short TV series, TV movie, basically. Uh, Do you know who's playing Alan Turing? No, who is? Benedict Cumberbatch. Really? Yep. Oh, have you seen the new Sherlock's episodes yet or no? Nope. Uh, I still haven't finished the first season. What? I haven't. Uh, it's going to be called The Imitation Game. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's not the topic. The topic is that Alan Turing was a homosexual. He was, uh, which at the time in England was illegal. And he was was convicted of it. And, you know, he, he kind of helped win the war. Like, really important guy, also father of most modern computing. And so he, uh, he, he died a criminal. And 60 years later, they have now pardoned him. Took 60 years. Andy. 60 years. That's ridiculous. Stop focusing on the credentialing process. Well, no, I was just thinking of 60 years. 60 years. He basi- Wasn't he the guy who basically cracked, well, helped crack the Enigma? Machines? I mean, he, he helped design the computers, quote-unquote computers, uh, that broke the machine. <laughs> basically brute-forced it. 
but yeah, he was he was part of the UK's crypto group. Speaking of the NSA, uh, father of modern computing, father of artificial intelligence. You know, it's it's the they're they're not called Turing machines for the hell of it. When you talk about a programming language as being Turing complete, very true. Right, this guy was pretty important, uh, and and has now been pardoned for being gay. Did you uh, go see any of the stuff when you were in London? Well, not London, but... I wasn't in London. Which stuff? Well, any of his stuff. Like the the crypto museum? Like at Cambridge or in Manchester? Uh, I was in Cambridge. I don't remember seeing anything about touring. Which stuff? Didn't he go to Cambridge? He might have. Yes, yes, he went to Cambridge. Okay. I did not see anything about him in Cambridge. Hmm, well, that's surprising and slightly sad. He did go to King's College in Cambridge. I see that now on Wiki. I walked past King's College a number of times, actually, because it's right on the square. So speaking of CES, YouTube is going to be showing off their new 4K streaming. Why is YouTube trying to stream in 4K? I'm not sure. Whose monitor is 4K? I don't there there are TV we know there are TVs out there that can handle 4K. There are 4K TVs. They cost about 2 grand. Is 4K but, really going to take off, Andy? Well, this might help it out because Google um created a codec called VP9, right? Yes. And this video codec um, is able to do web streaming at 4K, and they are planning on open sourcing it for royalty-free usage. Because, you know, H.264 and H.265, those are not... Open source. Open source. Right. But this 4K codec... Now, can can you explain, Andy, for, for the listeners what a codec really does? And when I say for the listeners, I also mean for me. I have a vague well, understanding. A codec is basically the rules that you use to convert source from one thing to another. Like if you take a music CD, we all know ripping a CD to MP3s, right? Yes. You take the CD audio format, which is in Wave. Yes, which is raw. And you audio. apply the MP3 codec to it, and that gives you the rules of how the software that you're using will so, convert your Wave file to an MP3 file. So it's the compression algorithm. Yes. Okay. Is that the co encodec is compression? I am looking that up as we speak. Because that would make sense, which means it probably isn't. The word codec is shortened for coder decoder. Okay. Or less commonly compressor decompressor. So it's the compression algorithm. Yes. And so it's it's basically like saying, you know, a JPEG is a codec. No. No. A JPEG is a format. Okay. So different formats can use the same codec. Yes. Okay. So the, the, the format, the format is the box, right? Let's okay. So let's say we just said the wave file is a box filled with stuff. With sound. Let's let's with not sound. use wave file. I mean, can we can we go back to the the image? Yeah. Okay. So let's let's say we have a bitmap picture in a frame, right? Okay. Sure. The frame is technically like your TIFF, your GIF, your BMP file, that sort of thing, right? Okay. And you want to turn it into a JPEG. A JPEG is the new frame you're going to put the picture in. Okay. The codec tells you how you're going to transfer the actual image itself to put it in the new frame. Ah, okay. Sort of get it. So we've got this new codec that Google is developing. Yes. To compress and decompress 4K, and they are open sourcing it. Yes. For royalty-free. Yes. Which is to say you don't have to pay Google if you use it. Yes. And anyone can use it for any purpose, including commercial purposes. I do believe so, yes. That's pretty cool. Yep. That's going to piss Sony off 
a lot. Yep. Because Sony likes their proprietary file formats. Yes, yes, they do. And they probably are jumping onto this 4K thing. Because Sony, you know, is going to want to sell the TVs. Right. But if Google really beats them to it, okay, well, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So um, is there anything else you want to hit before we go on to the random topics and reviews and all that? Who has a 4K monitor, though? You're trying to figure out who has a 4K monitor? Yeah, I don't know. Like, why would you have a 4K monitor? Okay. How long until I could, games well, okay, 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 back this up. How long till games start supporting 4K? Bet you there are games already that support. There probably are games already that do 4K. But I'm just thinking, okay, so you have the 4K TVs, right? Yep. And you have smart TVs starting to come into the world. Yep. So you have a 4K smart TV that's connected to the internet. So you play YouTube videos on it. So you play YouTube videos on it. I think my Netflix is starting to do put it 4K. Netflix is starting to do 4K stuff. Maybe Netflix is going to switch from whatever codec they're using for their 4K streaming and go switch over to this new VP9 codec. Who knows? If it's free, I think Netflix is going to want to try and save as much money as possible because, you know, they're going to keep on getting, you know, dragged through the coals by the media producers. So my graphics card can output at 4K (laughs) through the HDMI port. It can output at 4K. 4096 by 2160. Yeah, that's 4,000 lines of resolution. Yep. This graphics card is too good for this motherboard. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So, is there anything else you want to hit before we move Any on to the randoms? Other topics. Did we miss anything? Snapchat got hacked. Yep, 4.9 million people. Tell me about Winamp not being dead and tell me quickly. Uh, AOL is selling Winamp to somebody else. Who? Uh, the Radio Omen. The radio, radio-nomy. Radio-nomy? Radio-nomy. Radio-nomy. Radio-nomy, I think. They have 6,000 stations in their catalog. It's sort of like Shoutcast. Shoutcast being Winamp's online radio. Yeah. So they're buying Winamp's online radio. Basically, yes. Okay. Are they going to continue to produce Winamp? Uh, I don't know. The sale has not been finalized, so I don't know exactly what's going on. So we don't know. Okay. So it might not be dead. Yeah. Might. Okay. Yeah. Review. Your turn. My turn. In the last week and a half, I've put in 60 hours into this one game, Skyrim. Skyrim. Nothing but Skyrim. Stop. Everybody I know was playing Skyrim Stop. all last week. Yes. Do you know why everyone was playing Skyrim all last week? Steam sale. It was on the Steam sale. Yes, I was doing Star Wars, in case you could not tell from my... Yes. It was Bill Murray. I do believe so, yes. Yeah, no, the the Steam sale and and Skyrim was much cheaper, and so we all bought it, and um, holy crap. So you liked Fallout. Yes, I did like Fallout. 3 and New Vegas. Um, I have not played New Vegas. I actually bought New Vegas during the Steam sale. Oh, Andy. Oh, play New Vegas. Um, well, you know, I need a computer that can handle Ooh, okay. New Vegas. Your computer can't handle New Vegas? I don't know. I'd have to see. You'll have to try. Yes. Uh, so it's Bethesda. It's the same people who did Fallout 3. It's the people who now own the entirety of Fallout. And it's very much the same style as Fallout 3, with the exception of instead of high-tech future dystopia, you are in have classic medieval Scandinavia. It is the fifth game in the Elder Scrolls series, following Morrowind and Oblivion. And it's the same world, and so you, you there's it's interesting. There's a lot of things going on. The general summary, the kind of too long didn't listen. It's a single-player World of Warcraft. 
So all this time that you guys are spending somehow together playing Skyrim, you're not actually playing it together. No, no, no. We're all just playing it, but we're sitting in a chat room and talking. We're hanging out and playing a game. It's a single player game. We are not playing it together. We're just playing it at the same time. But holy crap. Okay, so Bethesda's writers, very nice writers, very good. There's tons of little hidden things through the entire uh, the entire game. One in particular which caught my, my eye. Uh, there's a quest that you get from this woman named Temba Widearms. Okay. And it's that you're supposed to go and kill a bunch of bears. Okay? All right. Temba Widearms. I'm going to let that sink in because you've watched The Next Generation. Maybe. Yes, yes, I have. Do you remember the episode Darmok? Darmok and Jalad. At Tanagra. At Tanagra, when the walls fell. Right. It's, it's, it's someone else when the walls fell, or some place when the walls fell. But one of the other ones was Temba, his arms wide. Ah. So just these little Easter eggs and, and hidden references. There's also this guy who's... Uh, making a bunch of rats to take over the world, and his name is Hamlin, Pied Piper of... Ah. Right. I think you're starting to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So their writers do a very good job of of putting in these little things, and there's other treats throughout the whole game. There's <laughs> there's actually smut in the game, because <laughs> there's books everywhere, you know, in Fallout. There's books that you can pick up, and most of them are ruined books. Well, in this, there are actual books, and they are stories, and some of them uh, are are well-written, and some of them are supposed to be, like, cheesy, smut, trash parodies. But it's really, it's very immersive. It's a great way to learn about the world, because you find these books about, like, oh, well, when the Empire did this, what Empire? Oh, it was the Empire that did that. Oh, you're dropped into this world, and you have no idea what's going on, but just through playing and talking to people, you get a sense of kind of everything around you and the civil war that's going on and you know whether or not you're going to choose sides there's quests everywhere everywhere it's this huge world it would take to to run around it's probably bigger than most of the fallout maps to run around it would take a couple hours and it's just this really nice fantasy setting so it's fallout in a fantasy setting it's so. fallout in a fantasy setting with oh, dragons i Oh, I, I liked the Fallout games. Yep. But that's my guess is you're going to need a long time to play it. Well, <laughs> since I have seen I've how many in, hours I've put in 60 hours and it's still going. And, you know, the, the chances are I'm going to finish it and I will have touched maybe 15 percent of the quests. It's oh. single player. Wow. It kind of now makes sense to see why the people I used to you used play, to what used to play WoW with suddenly they're all playing Skyrim. And it's like, well, now this is starting to make sense because it's single player. Wow. Yes. Andy, you would enjoy this game because it, it takes that other problem that you had with WoW of like you're you're playing this to play with other people and it's nobody the, played when I played. Right, because the game was designed to play with other people. This is designed to be played by yourself. So, how much is it? Uh, right now on Steam, now that the sale is over, Skyrim. The base package is $30. Of course, if you wait for the next Steam sale, you'll probably get it at half off. Uh, and it actually, a lot of the DLC is pretty good, too. So the Legendary Edition, which includes... All the DLC is $60. Is $60. 
Yep, but again, if you wait for another sale, the game's not going anywhere. Let me see if you can get it's on the 362, right? Yep. And the and the PS3. But it you does wouldn't be able feel, to if if I had to start finding flaws in it, it does yeah. feel kind of like it was designed for a console and that it was shoehorned into a, a PC game. Which seems kind of opposite of what, what you would happens. what you would expect for a game like this. Yeah. Right. The controls just feel a little wonky and it feels like if you were to play it with a, a 360 control pad it would be almost a smoother experience. <laughs> oh, I love one of the three most helpful customer reviews says thousands of more hours off my life. Yep. I see. So would you recommend it for the $30 price point or $60 price point? If you've got the money to spend, yes. If you don't, then wait for it to go on sale. And if you, you know, if you were not a fan of first-person RPGs... Or third-person over-the-shoulder. Or third-person over-the-shoulder RPGs, you're probably not going to like yeah. Skyrim. It doesn't have quite the same humor as Fallout, but it's, I can see that. it's still pretty good. Okay, so that was Skyrim. Skyrim. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. If you could choose to be raised by robots, dinosaurs, or aliens, who would you pick and why? Robots, dinosaurs, and aliens. Yes. Well, looking at examples. Robots, dinosaurs. I've got an example of aliens. Dinosaurs, we we could look at the example of the Dinosaurs TV show. (laughs) Uh, They didn't treat mammals very well. No, no, they did not treat mammals well at all in that show. I, were, were, weren't mammals food? I do believe so. They were either food or pets. I don't know, but neither way, I don't want to be on the Disney or the ABC show Dinosaurs. Right. Like, that. that's just not a good place. It's also a very, very dysfunctional family. Yes, yes, it is. Like, super dysfunctional. Plus, if we were, you know, getting raised in the time of the dinosaurs... Oh, man, that would suck. That would suck. Okay, so right there, the time of dinosaurs, because that would be required, right? I mean, where else are you going to find a a dinosaur family to raise you? Yes, since, you know, we cannot clone dinosaurs. So, dinosaurs is out. Okay, I agree with you on that one. Dinosaurs is out. So now we have robots and we have aliens. aliens. Now, aliens, Samus Aran was raised by aliens. You want to be Metroid? No, I want to be Samus Aran, the bounty hunter who fought the Metroids. Yeah, Metroid was the bad. I keep on forgetting that one. It's like the Legends of Zelda, and people are like, oh, you're playing as Zelda. No. No. (laughs) Playing as Link. Zelda's the woman who's asleep in a coma. That's Zelda 2, actually, but, you know, whatever. Um, so, So Aliens definitely has a bonus point there with, like, there's the example, Samus Aran. Is there a good counterexample to Raised by Aliens? Um, how about Aliens from Aliens? Being raised by Xenomorphs? Sure. Being uh, raised by Predators. Okay, well, hang on, though, because being raised by a Predator might not necessarily be a terrible thing, like, if they actually accept you into the culture. It would be like being raised by a bunch of Klingons. True. Because that never turns out bad, right? You could be raised by Vulcans. Could be raised by Vulcans. Um, Although they, you know, the, as as shown in the uh, Star Trek reboot, the Vulcans are evidently like incredibly racist. That's what it seems. <laughs> so maybe not. I don't. Yeah, know, if, I don't know if when racism became logical, but okay. 
if you're assimilated into the alien culture, then it would make more sense than if you're an outsider. Ooh, key word right there. We could we could combine them. Robots and aliens. You could just be grow you could grow up as a Borg. <sighs> but you wouldn't have any thought of your own then well you you have thoughts it's just those thoughts are part of the collective it's not that you don't have your own thoughts it's just those thoughts are reflected with everyone else's you don't have individuality no now you still uh... contribute but as part of the collective yeah um okay so combination alien and robot probably out so the aliens depend on the aliens and right there's a a very wide range of aliens What, what do we have on robots well, being raised are we talking robots. like are we talking like Terminator robots? Are we talking like Robin Williams in uh, Bicentennial? Bi- Bicentennial Man? Are we looking at Asimovian robots with with the three laws? Are it's very talking? hard. It is very very hard for a, a robot with three laws, the three laws, to raise a child. True. The like you cannot cause harm and must follow orders. Kind of difficult there. Terminator robots, you wouldn't be raised. No, you'd be killed. I don't know. I think robots are starting to fall down. Aliens might sound like the best one, but, but like it I depends said, on what kind of alien. Yeah, you have to have that nice alien, not right. the uh, going to use you as food alien. Right. I'm raising you like I'm raising cattle. The the xenomorphs would not work well as parents. No. Although evidently they worked well as children, right? Wasn't that the the third one where Ripley was pregnant with the alien? They, she wasn't pregnant. They made the hybrid, basically. Ah. Uh, you don't remember that, do you? No. So at, at the end of Aliens, Ripley falls into the lava with the queen, the baby queen. Okay. Right? Yes. In the next movie, they took the, the remains, they basically took the DNA, and they cloned Ripley with the queen DNA. And basically, they cloned them together, basically, and made a new copy of Ripley and a new queen. Okay. Which gave Ripley some of the alien abilities, like the, the acidic blood, also incredible speed and strength, and it gave the queen a womb. So instead, There's a reason why I haven't really watched any of the Aliens movies. Okay. Uh, so so probably not... Yeah, never mind. Got down another rabbit hole. Probably not the Aliens, the Xenomorphs. The Predators, if you could, like, prove to them that you were not prey. Maybe. I don't know, maybe if, like, your parents put up a really good fight, they'd see you and be like, I will raise this as my own. <sighs> okay, so this all depends on... I think it mostly... Yeah... Dinosaurs are out. Robots are probably out. I, I think I have to go with aliens, but it's going to depend on which alien. Yes. But of the three, probably best off with the aliens. Because we have okay. to pick one, right? Yeah. If there's there's no conditions. It's which would you rather. So I'm going to go with aliens. I'm going to go... This is a good random topic. I know. I am going to go with the nice friendly uh well yeah it all depends on the robot if they can feel love oh man i didn't even think about the psychological repercussions of growing up with robots who can't feel love yep can't feel love and affection pride in your accomplishments yep none of that oh that would be harsh yep so uh i'm probably gonna have to go with aliens okay aliens it is and with that (laughs) i think we're all set yep all right bye everyone that's a wrap This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email 
at mail at rapodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you.